Welcome to Firearms Trainers Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Our podcast is part of the concealcarry.com network brought to you by XS Sites. Today will be another listener requestory topic and it's part one of two on setting up your firearm training business. We bring this podcast support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by NA Tactical. As instructors, our students are always asking us what gear we use. And I always tell them I use NA Tactical. Do you know that NA Tactical offers several designs, each with extreme comfort for all-day carry? The Revenant and Professional holsters have a patented tuckable design, adjustable cant, and secure twist release. My personal favorite is the K01. It is an all-Kydex appendix holster that I can carry all day in comfort. All of N8's holsters come with a two-week try guarantee and a lifetime warranty even on the clip. Remember to check out their Flex Mag Carrier also. It has a three-layer comfort backer and will accommodate several sizes of the magazines. Shop at n8tactical.com to find your next holster. That's the letter N, the number eight, tactical.com. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for coming on the podcast. For those listeners that may not know who Brian Holmes is, can you give the, the listeners a little bit about what your background is? Well, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, and uh, been in Texas my whole life. At a very early age, Rob, I, uh, I really just was drawn to training and, and helping people and, you know, teaching. Uh, I, I had the opportunities as a young man to do some public speaking. Uh, I guess the long story short of that is uh, early in my life, I went into kind of a clergy or ministry type work. And I think I mentioned to you one time before we were interviewing uh, at one of the USCCA events that, uh, you know, I pastored for 27 years. I was involved in pastoral ministry. So I've been in the people business my whole life. About 20 years ago, while I was doing that, I became very involved in business consulting, both on the for-profit side, on the nonprofit side, uh, began doing a great deal of executive coaching and, and helping leaders to develop, but also helping uh, leaders to find Where's their niche? What are they really talented and gifted at? What are they passionate about? And then most importantly, once they identify what that is, how can you frame that into either a business model or a nonprofit model or something to, to go out and execute that and scale it and make it really work, which is kind of why I'm here you know, on this show with you today is we want to help firearms trainers who have a deep love for doing this and helping other people to, uh, to become proficient and responsible gun owners to, uh, to, to scale what they're doing, to impact yep. more people's lives with it. Yeah. And the thing that's uh, really interesting for what you, from your background there is I'm sure we've got some instructors out there that are doing, you know, their firearm instruction just for love of it as sure. literally a nonprofit and other ones that are doing it more as a full-time business. And I'd like to do a quick uh, shout out to our listener, Brian, who actually sent this question in and, you know, had to do a little research and came across you, Brian. I think we're going to go along and have some great conversation about it and this is going to be part one of a two-part series so if you're awesome. listening to it now um, look up part two which uh, we'll, we'll be uh, jumping into all the different topics between these two episodes and it'll be a very good resource for people uh, today and down the road for them. 
funny you mentioned that about you know some some instructors work for not as nonprofits. I know guys that have every intention of working for profit, but they really are not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I might know one or two of those guys, right? You know, I I have found uh, there's there's four categories of instructors, and by the way, I want to just say up front that all of these have tremendous value in this community. Uh, you know, we we are strong believers in liberty and freedom. Uh, we believe in personal responsibility. Obviously, we we're, we're among those people who who cherish this uh, great right that we have to keep and bear arms. But we also deeply believe that people should be responsible. And those of us who have that passion and that belief, we want to share it with others. So, among people who quote unquote instruct or teach classes, you'll find people who I first category I would call the passionate encourager. This person is not necessarily at a point where they're super highly trained themselves or have a great deal to offer in a structured way, but they they really love helping their friends, their family members become familiar with a firearm, feel safe using it, etc. The, the next category is what I call the hobbyist helper. This is a person who considers themselves an instructor. They they might teach a class here or there. They they might even go get a certification with either the NRA or the USCCA or some other group. Uh, but generally, they treat their their teaching and their training as just a side thing, a little hobby. Uh, then you have those that truly do pursue a quote-unquote life in instruction. They, they, they have a deep passion for instructing and running classes and running the range and doing the thing. These people go out and they become certified. They get multiple certifications. They they train on a regular basis themselves. They go to uh, some, some people like me and you, we travel out of state to go train, you know, mm-hmm. four or five, six times a year because we're constantly trying to grow our own skill sets. These people are very competent instructors. And in this category, some might be full-time, some might be part-time. Then you have, you know, the professional, the consummate professional, the master instructor. This person is the, the man or the woman who this is their life. This is what they do. This is this is their pretty much their sole source of income, and they are running a business. They are doing the thing. All of these, we need all these people in this community. Uh, I think what you and I are sort of focusing on in this conversation is when a person transitions from, let's say, a hobbyist helper to that third or fourth category, how do they frame this now and begin treating their business like a business? How do they how do they really put things in place that not only scale their business, cause them to be profitable, cause them to help more people, but also how do they really help them impact more people's lives? That's that's the key thing that I believe is so important. And, and making sure they, they're staying you know, within the guardrails of the law, the tax code, yes. you know, all those kind of things, because let's put it this way. You know, we, I know in my, you know, firearm class, we're always uh, stressing the responsibility and, and the need to know the law and understand it and stay within those. Well, there's also laws, tax code and sure. banking, banking laws and everything else like that. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about uh, today for it. Would you say that it's very likely that some instructors might oscillate between one of these levels and another one? Oh, there's no okay. question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, probably the the one that I see the most, uh, and like you, I'm a training counselor, so I, I had the pleasure and honor of certifying other instructors. I think the one that I see the most is, is uh, you know, hobbyist into being certified and really competent where they're really serious about training themselves so they can train others. I think I think that's the probably the the most uh, the, the largest set of, of people that I see there. And then I, then there are a handful of people that every once in a while put their hand up and they say, I want to be a master instructor. I want to do this full time. I want to go all in. 
And so, but yes, they absolutely, you know, not everybody makes the transition through all four of those, but uh, as it migrates upward to level number four there, there's fewer and fewer people, but they're still moving. Mm -hmm. Yep. And those uh, master level, they're few and far between because that's uh, that's a tough one to go and, and actually make a living off yep. of it and yep. probably all of us can probably you know point to one or two people uh, you know from our, their facebook post because you know what they do and where they're traveling to and things like that that's their sole income and other people uh can point to it. it's like you know very good you know uh, certified instructors, but you know, they've got another job that kind of bring, covers, you know, the mortgage and the car payments and things like that. And the, um, you know, the, the firearms training is just a labor of love or a labor that they can do, you know, in my case, particularly, I'm hoping at some point I can retire into a firearm training business mm -hmm. and be able to do that full time instead of doing, you know, the eight to five corporate job I'd have now. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so Brian, why don't you uh, tell us what are the five building blocks for a successful training business in your mind? Well, let me just say first, I've been I've been working with uh, instructors for quite a long time, certifying instructors, training instructors. Uh, in fact, going back into my history uh, as a, as a young adult, I began traveling the world doing leadership seminars and developing leaders. So my 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 greatest passion in life is training trainers. So this is a uh, a framework that I developed some years ago as I was getting asked the question that you were asked by this other Brian. And that is that, you know, how, how do we take our, our desires and our ideas, our passions and, and, you know, build on that and really build something substantive and substantial. Uh, and so this framework I, I came up with that I, I think is it really applies to just about any kind of business, but I've taken it and applied it to firearms training specifically. So let me let me kind of give you, I guess, a high level quick overview of all five of those building blocks, and then we can circle back and talk about them as much as you'd like. Okay. Uh, the the first building block that I believe is essential, if, if not the cornerstone, for building a successful training business is you, as the instructor, uh, must develop a lifestyle of learning. Uh, I, I'm, I'm disturbed, I think is probably the strongest word I could use on this podcast for now. <laughs> I'm bothered by, I, I'm, I'm troubled by a lot of people that I see that they'll, they'll attend this, they'll get a, their license to carry their CCW, they'll, they'll get a certification and they'll have a certificate on the wall that says instructor, but they they don't continue that that process of developing and growing. And I, I like to tell instructors, you really can't give what you don't have. You you cannot transmit to someone the knowledge, the competency, the confidence, uh, the skill that that. You can talk about it. By the way, we can we can outline something or have a curriculum and talk about it. But I I, I find people to be lacking integrity if they if they teach a curriculum they themselves haven't mastered. So the point is, I really believe that instructors need to have a a mindset of I am a lifetime learner, and as long as I am teaching classes, instructing, and and standing there taking on the role and the persona of the expert. I'm going to be pursuing more understanding, more skill set, more competency, because that's my responsibility to do that. And so I, I really believe that the instructor's personal leadership and firearms development's never done. It's just never done. Uh, I'm never done. As good as I get, however good I get, you know, I'm never done learning. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, 
uh, you have to run your business like a business. And you sort of alluded to this a moment ago. Um, You know, a lot of instructors just go instruct. They collect a, a check here, some cash there and do the thing. But there's no real uh, image or projection into the marketplace that we are a business. We are a professional business. We do things with excellence. We have a system. We have we have ways to register. We have ways for you to pay us. We have ways to to show you our scheduling. And uh, they they don't think they don't think like business owners. They just want to fill a class and and do the deal. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, if you want to stand apart from everybody else in your community, in your city, in your metro area, wherever you live, if you want to separate yourself from the crowd as it relates to instruction, uh, if you will take on the attitude, I'm going to run my business like a business, I'm going to, I'm going to act like a business owner, and I'm going to structure that way, I'm going to project that way, you will literally separate yourself from everybody in the marketplace, and people will flock to you because they trust you. Uh, the, the, the way people think in marketing is this, when they see something that looks professional, smells professional, is handled professionally, there, there is a, a level of trust that is just, um, it's just a default mechanism. They, they give trust because they perceive that they can trust you. Mm-hmm. So run your business like a business. And that, in, that includes a lot of things. We'll talk, we'll come circle back to this in a minute and go into more detail on that one. Uh, the third thing that's I'm sure you've talked about on your podcast. I know I know you have at times. Several times, yes. <laughs> is is uh, I call it cover your assets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh and a little play on words there. But you know, in treating your business like a business, you have to understand that we any business today is probably uh uh you know open to some litigation or lawsuit or somebody, you know saying you did something wrong. Well, we're in a particular profession as firearms instructors where we're handling weapons. We are handling objects that can can maim, injure, damage, even kill someone. And you and I both know that every year around the nation, there are several you know incidents that happen where people are injured or hurt very badly. And so one of the things you have to do is structure your company, your business, uh, in a way where you are protected to the extent the law allows with regards to having a bit of a shield around you. That could be, you know, uh, some type of a corporation in your state, an LLC. Uh, there are advantages to those structures versus just operating like an individual. Uh, and we'll talk some more about that as well. So cover your assets, really make sure. And then another aspect of that is insurance, both lab, general liability insurance as well as firearms instructors insurance. Uh, these are just things that are their cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. But they, you're really a foolish business owner if you don't have these types of things in place. Uh, the fourth one here quickly is marketing. And I know I think we'll probably have a deeper discussion on this in, in the second episode. But I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a lot to this idea of marketing. Well, who do you want to, who, who is your ideal client? Well, just anybody wants to learn how to shoot a gun. I get that. That's broad, but you have to know your market. You have to know what the needs of your market are. You have to really identify who do you want to train and teach? I, I could teach mm-hmm. anybody, but there's a certain segment of that population I'd prefer to have on my range. So I, I've got to figure out who I am, what I want to do, who I want to serve, 
and then how I'm going to market to those people and, and have them come in. There are some great traditional marketing methods out there we'll talk about. And then there are some out of the box, not too often talked about or thought about ideas that I think are monumentally better than just traditional marketing, quite frankly. Uh, we'll talk about some of those as well. The last one, real quickly, is you mentioned this a while ago, your financial systems. Uh, number one, we're in business to make money. Okay, we got to get paid. So you've got to have proper structures and systems and uh, methodologies in place so that people can pay you easily. The easier you make it for your customers to pay you, the more customers you're going to find paying you. It's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful mm-hmm. little formula there, right? So we'll talk about some of the, uh, the opportunities there and some of the, uh, the things that one can do. There's so many great, great things out there you can use. But it also includes not just how to get paid, but it also includes keeping records, bookkeeping, mm-hmm. accounting, invoicing, uh, record keeping on your students, all these types of things that are just incredibly important, both in the short term and the long term for having a successful business. So the five, again, just real quickly, and we can circle back on these. Number one, develop a lifestyle of learning. Number two, run your business like a business. Number three, cover your assets. Number four, really master marketing, understand your market and market to those people. And then number five, putting in place financial systems and record keeping systems that will protect you and make you very efficient as a business owner. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Uh, let's uh, jump into number one there of uh, developing a, a lifestyle of learning. Um, I know you, you talked about that a little bit, but how, what kind of learning are you, are you talking about there? That's a great question, Rob. So, you know, the, the first obvious answer is as often as you as an instructor can attend training offsite, like by that, I mean, uh, if it's a USCCA event or if it's a concealedcarry.com training for instructors, or if it's a, uh, you know, shoot, if it's going out to a front site or a gun site or whatever major, you know, maybe the six hour academy, mm-hmm. you know, investing money, some of, uh, Maasai Oob's trainings, you know, uh, Mag 20, Mag 40, whatever you can do, uh, you are, think about this. You are asking your students to invest their money in you. So if I'm going to have integrity, I need to be able to look them in the eye and with honesty say, this last year I spent $14,000 on my own training or 5,000 or 2,000 or one. Hey, I spent a lot Mm -hmm. of money to go to this place because I wanted to, I wanted this guy's insights and his wisdom his methodologies to be a part of the repertoire that I carry when I'm coming to my students. And so I I believe that that's one aspect of it is really investing in yourself by going to training events. Now, another, another uh, way you can do that is you can go to events like the USCCA expo, the NRA annual meetings, and uh, you know, other things that, that are much broader than that. But what I'm really talking about here is training. The second thing is, is that, uh, Listen, you know, we are living in a time now post-COVID where online LMS-type learning is becoming the, the rule of the day. There are so many incredible instructors out there that are releasing or have released fantastic systems where you can, via video, at your own pace, work with dry fire uh, tools in order to really master certain techniques, certain presentations, holster draws, all this stuff. You or you can really dry practice and work with these guys. So it's almost like you can have an instructor in your garage or in your living room with you anytime you want it. That's another way to invest in yourself on a much smaller financial scale, but quite honestly, the impact can be just as great. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got 
free stuff. Dude, have you been on YouTube lately? As crazy as YouTube <laughs> has become, as I'm when I, by that I mean like, you know, all their censoring this and cutting these people off and all that with all that that's going on, there are still thousands upon thousands upon thousands of relevant Hundreds good of thousands, trains. I think. Oh there. my gosh. Easy. There's so many things that you can draw from, learn from, you know, glean from uh, the wisdom of some of these guys that have been doing this for a long time and doing it really well. Uh, there's just, of course, there's incredible books out there. There's there's seminars. There's all kinds of things. The point is, there is no excuse not to be a a developing trainer. You you as a trainer should constantly be being developed. And there's just so many opportunities to do that. Uh, you know, I know in our industry there there are various. Uh, you know, groups that are, some people love them, some people hate them, what have you. Uh, I, I've been out to front site a handful of times, probably six or seven times. And, you know, they, they're, some of their, their stock techniques are not the things that I personally teach or practice when I come home. But I will tell you this, every time I've gone to front site, the level of, one of the biggest things I've learned from front site is the level of excellence and sharpness as to how they run their ranges. I watch the range masters and the instructors and how they communicate, how they structure their their RSOs, how they watch their their curriculum and their their lesson plans. I watch them operate at such a high level of excellence, and, and I have I've taken that away from them. I've I've taken some great techniques from them. The point is, I like going out there because it's just a it's just a you show up, you get on the range, and you just roll with it with a group of guys and gals. And it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Some people like to go to gun site. Some people like to go to SIG. Uh, I, one of my goals this year is to go to one of Masai Ibsdil. I want to do the mag 40 sometime this year. It's on my list. I'm watching his calendar very closely looking for a window when I can do it with my schedule. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I, you just did that, didn't you? Yeah, I just completed uh, Moss's uh, Mag 40 last weekend. Oh, my up gosh. In, uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, it was uh, very good. I'll give you some uh, feedback um, after we get done recording this. Yeah, yeah, this. sure. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, the point, developing a lifestyle of learning, is it's just a, it's, it, it's a mindset. It is a decision you make, and then you follow through on that. Mm -hmm. That's it. And and I think the one thing to put a put a point on what you're you're saying there, Brian, is it's not just going along and doing the firearms. It's not mm. just going along and doing the legal side of things. It's also going along and understanding uh, the adult learning model. You know, from yes. instructor, oh we get, we've got to know that we've got to go along and know about the marketing side of things. Because let's put it this way: you could be a marketing executive from the 1990s. Okay, you ran big marketing, and guess what? Marketing has has changed dramatically oh since the 1990s. Yep. Same thing could be said, you know, if you were a you know, if you were a big marketing person five years ago, have things changed in the last five years? With They've Facebook? changed in the last twelve months. Twelve yeah, months. Ex exactly. I mean, yeah. you go you go through, and no matter how much of an expert you are today, it's a perishable skill. And if you haven't, if you don't keep up on your firearm skills. You're not bringing the, your A game to your students. If you don't keep up with your marketing skills, again, you're not bringing your A game to the business. And that's where people, instructors, I believe, and I remind the people that I train all the time about this, go out there and don't say, oh, yeah, I've, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt from it. Go out there and say, huh, I wonder what I can learn new. And your point about front sight, I think, was very well taken. Not every class you take, are you going to come back and say, wow, that was, you know, 100% brand new information. You might, wow. you know, you get to a certain point that you're like, okay, 
that was 50% new information. And then maybe it's 75. Maybe you're getting the point that you're only picking up one or 2% from the training you take, but that one or 2%, like you talked about was in range management about lesson yep. plan development, those types of things, which let's face it, as you move up your continuum of, you know, becoming that master instructor, you yep. have to be put a finer and finer point on your training on how you're doing things because you owe it to yourself as well as you owe it to your students to go along and run that safe, efficient range for them and give them the best information available at that time. No doubt. You know, one of the things, and we'll put a bow on number one here. One of the things that I stress to all instructors that I certify is you can have the best curriculum. You can be a freaking master gun operator. Wonderful. All those things. If you have not mastered the art of communication and not have not mastered the art of not just developing lesson plans, but really structuring how you're going to communicate this stuff to grown men and women, like you said a moment ago, then you're missing 70% of what you're trying to do. And so there's a couple of books I recommend to these guys. And, and, and there's a, there's actually a, an online, uh, conf- well, it's an online training course for communicators. And I, I said, guys, you need to invest in this because you need to be able to communicate s- so clearly where you're building, 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 building. When they leave your classroom, they got it. Mm-hmm. And so just like you're saying, it's not just firearms training. Uh, I, I read about, I don't read a whole lot of firearms books, to be honest with you. I, I do more videos on firearms stuff, but uh, most of the books I read are leadership development, communication development, and leadership development. That's it. That's what Definitely. I do. Well, hey, let's uh, jump on to uh, yeah. topic number two about running your business like a business. You know, this is one of the most uh, fun topics that I I talk about with my instructors. Uh, It's really not super complicated. In the world in which we live, there are relatively inexpensive ways to provide some level of protection for you and your family. Listen, I I don't know everybody's financial status, but whether you have uh, a $50,000 net worth or a $5 million net worth, if you're operating as a sole proprietor or just as an individual and just doing things hanky-panky and something happens to someone on one of your ranges or someone accuse, listen, you don't even have to be guilty. They can accuse you of something inappropriate and it will literally ruin you financially. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are things that you must do to run yourself like a business, run your business like a business. One of them is I strongly recommend that you form an LLC from my experience it is for gun trainers it is the 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 probably the best entity in most states not all states but most states versus forming an s corp or a c corp type thing an llc provides you a, a fairly good shield of that now i am going to tell you uh, legalzoom.com there's four or five other companies out there that do this kind of stuff for you fairly inexpensively if you have questions, I'm going to encourage you because I know your your listeners are all over the country. Mm-hmm. You need to consult with an attorney in your state or call LegalZoom. They'll do a free consultation with you over the phone and give you the advice you need. But whatever you need to do, and I, by the way, I'm not an affiliate of LegalZoom. It's just I've used them several times. So I want to make that clear. Uh, I But get some legal advice on what works best in your state. Explain to the person you're talking to, here's what I'm going to be doing. Here's how many people I'm going to have on my ranges. What structure? In most cases, it's going to be an LLC. Now, let's let's step away from that. That's pretty simple. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, 
another piece of the business structure, which sort of goes to to cover your assets. These are going to overlap a little bit here. But uh, one of the ways you protect yourself is uh, I have a disclaimer and a waiver that I have everybody sign that comes to one of my classes. And that waiver specifically lists my company. They are hiring my company, not me. They're hiring my company. I And the company is responsible. And the company, you know, they're, they're waiving the company's liability. So what it boils down to is that document is another layer that goes with that LLC. It mm-hmm. gives you some some buffer there should something happen in regards to you know protecting your personal assets. It's it's a corporate veil. It's a personal asset protection mechanism. Then of course from an accounting side it gives you the the impetus to to run your business like a business because now you have a company account. Your monies aren't commingling between personal and business. Everything's just really clear where the money's coming from, where it's going into, how it's being distributed. You're paying for expenses out of company money. It's just a much cleaner process in the long run. So I would recommend you talk to an attorney or something like a LegalZoom.com. Talk to your CPA about how you want to structure your financial mechanisms as well, right? And then the third piece of that is, and we mentioned this a while ago, man, I keep super detailed records on every student I have. I have a photocopy of all their driver's licenses. I have, uh, I have uh, a the waiver they fill out. I have where they registered because I captured their information when I registered. I, I know how they heard about me. I know if somebody referred them to me. If they take multiple classes from me, me I know how to market to them because I know they've already taken a fundamentals class or a basic pistol class. I know they've taken my intro to defensive pistol class. Now they're ready for some real range stuff, right? So I know how to specifically market to them because I'm constantly tracking with these records that I'm keeping. These are things that will, again, set you apart from 99% of the people that are doing instruction. Because Mm -hmm. if if you are communicating directly and clearly based on what you know about your students, they believe that you care. They believe that you care. And so they know you're you're tracking with them, okay? Mm-hmm. And the, the last thing about this, treating your business like a business, I am huge on, on branding and I am huge on having a professional web presence. That does not mean you have to go out and spend 10,000 bucks, 1,000 bucks, even 100 bucks on a website. There are so many incredible platforms out today where you can build a very simple website if you don't want to build a website, there are some services out there where you can have your own landing page within somebody else's site. Uh, there's just so many options, but you need to have a web address you can send people to where they see, this is my instructor. This is his mm-hmm. company. These are the class dates he's offering. Here's how I register. People people are accustomed to jumping on their phone, on their tablet, on their computer, and looking into whether or not you're legit. If you don't have a website, and some kind of a listing out there like that, then they're going to perceive that you're not a serious instructor. So I, I recommend doing a simple logo. You can go on a website like Fiverr, F-I-V-R-R.com and get a, a logo for five bucks, 10 bucks. Just put it out there. I need a logo that looks like this. Here's the name. And somebody will send you a logo back, a graphic that you can use. It's not, you don't have to spend a ton of money, but have some professional branding, Name your company, right? You're going to have a name for your LLC. Name your company, brand your company, have a web presence. It's critical to set yourself apart in the market for sure.
Yeah, definitely. I think one, one thing I would also add in running your business like a business when it comes to record keeping, um, if you are teaching under you know, NRA, USCCA, or somebody's umbrella, mm-hmm. they ha- will have requirements to go along and say, hey, we want you to hold these records so that mm-hmm. in case there's ever any legal Absolutely. action against anybody, you or, or them, that you can prove that, hey, this person took the test, they passed it, yeah. they were at this class, they were at that. Um, because if you don't have the records, how do you disprove somebody's claim that you taught them this skill or you talked about this topic in the class? That's yeah. where you got to have something demonstrable um, in court. Um, if it goes that far, at least demonstrable to their attorney. And, you know, you hate to think about it from that standpoint, but a lot of cases you really got to plan for it ahead of time or else you're going to be caught off guard. And as you were talking about, you know, whether you've got $50,000 in the bank or $5 million in the bank, uh, that can disappear very quickly in uh legal fees as well as all as as well as settlements yeah i so here's the thing you know i'm i uh i used to be a uh i don't want to use the term that's coming in my mind right now i used to be a a big files guy like when when we transitioned from paper documents and files to digital probably six seven years ago it was a project that took five people close to two months to get everything scanned in labeled properly, tagged properly, because we were consummate record keepers. Now, I will tell you, going back to what you said, uh, you know, I keep, I keep a digital copy of every exam I give, every instructor exam, uh, every instructor form that I send into the various entities that I certify for. I, I keep a copy of that even though I'm not, some of them don't even ask me to, like you were saying a minute ago, but mm-hmm. I do that because again, if it ever comes up, man, I can literally click a couple of buttons, type in a couple of words and I can find them and I'll pull it up and I'll have it wherever. I mean, people are shocked at the level of record keeping I do, but it is a, I mean, sometimes well, Brian, you're just being really anal retentive. Well, maybe, but if, if that attention to detail saves my butt one time in 10 years, it's worth it, man. It's worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, which probably leads us into the next topic here, Brian, about, you know, cover, uh, covering your assets. So, you know, the LLC is a huge part of that, as we've mentioned already. Uh, but I personally, and this, by the way, I'm not recommending anything along these lines that I haven't discussed at length with my attorneys. And I'll tell you why I've got more than one business. I've got, I've got two for-profit businesses, I'm sorry, three for-profit businesses, two nonprofit businesses. If somebody ever sues me on the range, they're going to be looking at everything I have, not just not just one thing. They're going to mm-hmm. be because so I I'm really attentive to these types of things because I want to make sure that I'm covering my assets. It's my family's future that I'm I'm concerned about, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what I've been told by numerous attorneys is there are really two levels of insurance that every instructor should carry. One is a general liability insurance policy which you can obtain through whoever uh, writes your homeowners or your automobile insurance. Typically, you're, it's, it's added to your homeowner's insurance. Uh, and I personally carry a $3 million limit on that. Uh, I recommend a minimum of a million dollars. Two million might be the middle of the road. It's super cheap, Rob. I mean, good Lord, it might cost you 25, 30, 40 bucks a year. It's not much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is so easy just to add that to your homeowners. It doesn't even have to specify that it's for anything. It's just covering you personally. That is the umbrella policy. Then you also have firearms instructor insurance, okay, which I know you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Now, just in fairness, okay. Uh, and I'm happy to tell you who I have mine with. Uh, I, 
you know, you've got Firearms Trainers Association out there, FTA. You've got mm-hmm. the NRA, Lockton. They've been around forever. Lockton Affinity, I think it's called. Yep, that, that's uh, them. An, another one that I know really well is OIG, the Outdoor Insurance Group. Uh, in fact, I have my personal with FTA. I've had my personal with NRA in the past, but currently I have my personal with FTA. And I, I one of my companies, I have a separate liability policy for my firearms training company through OIG because it's a different type of policy than the the individual instructor's policy uh, that FTA uh, offers. So, um, you know, I've, I've kind of got three things going on. I have an umbrella policy on my personal homeowner's insurance. I have my personal instructor's uh, coverage through FTA. And then I have my company's liability coverage in place through OIG. So there's there's all these things you can put together out there. The point is, is that Again, talk to an attorney, talk, or at least talk to someone like me or like Rob or like uh, the folks at concealedcarry.com or whomever it may be that you trust. Uh, if you're a member of the USCCA, call them up, get somebody on the phone. They'll, they'll, they'll give you some, the instructor uh, support team there will give you some input on what they recommend. But the point is, these are the three, two or three areas that I think are critical. Let's say it, it costs you, let's say it costs you, you know, $1,000 a year. That 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 eighty eight dollars a month or eighty two dollars a month or whatever it is sounds like a lot of money out of your budget, but think about that, man. If you if you teach one student, you ought to make eighty two bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you got one an average of one student a month, that the, the money they're paying you goes to cover you for and your family and your companies. I'm telling you, I can't imagine how you could rationalize that wasn't worth it. You must cover your assets. You just have to do it. And, and let's face it, you know, we talk in a lot of cases when it comes to self-defense insurance about how fast lawyer fees will rack up. Well, if somebody goes along, gets injured on your range, um, you know, their lawyer is going to come. You're going to want to get your lawyers involved. In oh, different man. things. We're talking hundreds of dollars an hour. Um, you can go through and rack up, you know, $25,000, $50,000 in lawyer fees. In a week. Just in going along defending that you're innocent before they say, yeah, you're right. We're going to draw. We're not going to file a lawsuit, but yep, your lawyer right. is still going to come back with his hand, hand open, or they're going to say, Hey, pay us ahead of time for whatever the deal is. And you're still going to be out that money. Nobody's going to go along and, you know, give the money back just because, you know, they did a good job of uh, defending mm-hmm. you. And that's nope. one of the things where having the insurance set up ahead of time will at least give you the ability to go along and dip into that side of things and have the insurance cover those legal fees. Even if there's no settlement, even if, you know, they go along, yeah, you're right, Brian, you did everything right. Our, uh, our, uh, you know, our client went along, screwed up, you know, we didn't have all this information, so we're not going to file it, but Brian, you still got to, you still got to pay your lawyer and <laughs> so his investigator and things like that. And that's where I have insurance, uh, to have, you know, FTA locked in or, you know, your umbrella policy be able to cover because those, those companies, since they're on the hook to pay, they're going to be the ones that are going to say, yep, we'll get you hooked up with the right attorney in order to uh, make sure that this case is, uh, properly litigated for. That's right. That's right. You know, these, these top three things, these first three, uh, areas here we've talked about are so important. You know, as an instructor, be a lifetime learner. Decide if you're going to be a master instructor or even really a competent, you know, professional instructor, 
make sure you're setting these things up like a business. Run your business like a business. Treat your business like a business. Mm -hmm. The market will appreciate it very much. And then, of course, you know, make sure you have the proper protections in place because should, God forbid, something ever happen where you needed it, that veil of protection of the LLC combined with the various aspects of insurance coverage you have, as you just said, those things will will be uh, a real savior to you in those moments for sure. Definitely. And none of it costs that much either when you look at nah. what, well, look what the stakes are, you know, what you could yeah. potentially lose. That's right. Well, well hey, Brian, that's the uh, end of this episode, uh, part one of a part two. But before we, before we move on uh, from this episode, can you name an influential instructor or book that you would recommend that other instructors kind of check out and make sure it's in their repertoire of uh, people they've uh, read about or, or people they've trained under? So the book I'm going to say uh, that I would recommend every instructor reads is not a firearms training book. It is one of the most incredible books I've ever read. I've read it many times. And the book is by an author named Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, Simon Sinek. And the book title is Start With Why, W-H-Y. In fact, if you if you look him up on YouTube, Simon Sinek, start with why. Put that in the search field for YouTube. You'll find a speech he gave, several of them probably on TED Talks uh, around that topic. But at the end of the day, what that book's about is uh, when we venture out to do this business or any business or any challenge we want to take on in life, frankly, uh, you need to know deep down on the inside why. Why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? Is my why big enough that when things are going not as great or they're, they're, the market's difficult or getting people in my classes, or is my why big enough to sustain me through challenges and difficult times? And uh, I think if we can really settle on in our field here of firearms training that this is important, here's why it's important, here's why we want to fight for it, live for it, and go out and serve people. Just really know your why, and it will it will help you through a lot of these challenges you'll have. Great. Hey, Brian, where can people find more information about you and the work that you're doing? So I'm a business consultant and executive coach. Uh, I work with folks just to really help them to maximize their life, leverage their unique, unique abilities. And all that I do is kind of circling around brianholmes.com, B-R-I-A-N-H-O-L-M-E-S.com. And I uh, just would love for you to connect there and check us out. Super. Well, thanks for your time, Brian. You bet, man. My pleasure. That's a wrap for this episode. I have a few requests. Visit podcast.concealcarry.com and enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, you can't win without entering, and your entries do not carry over from week to week. This week's podcast winner is Douglas, and they want a Flight 93 commemorative ball cap. Next week's prize is a Palm Pepper Spray. Visit podcast.concealcarry.com to enter in for this week's prize giveaway. Remember to check out the Guardian Conference on September 17th and 19th, Oklahoma City, for opportunity to take training from some of the best trainers in the nation. Price includes breakfast and lunch, and you have the opportunity to network with like-minded individuals. Go to guardianconference.com for more info. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association, ftaprotect.com. Check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealcarry.com. 
We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.